0: Welcome to scholarship provider coffee talks. In this episode, we're continuing the conversation on how to respond to the COVID-19 crisis. This discussion comes from a webinar recorded on April 8th and our moderator was Elise Brayton. Let's join the conversation.
1: So today's topic was all based on your feedback that you gave us from our last coffee talk and um, what we heard from from you is that you really are interested in understanding how people are handling student selection right now and pivoting for our current, um, current needs in that and no longer bringing people together or bringing students in for interviews, kind of how else are you handling these things? So the three kind of quick questions that we are starting with today is how will you handle student interviews How will your committee come together to make decisions? And who has transitioned from uh, discussion to scoring for selection? And that's not just for this year, but if you've made that transition in the past and would like to just kind of talk about how that went with your committees, um, definitely something
2: that we want to hear from you. We are a very rural county in Northern California. Um, Our county itself is a little bigger than the state of Rhode Island. The foundation hosts about 35 individual scholarship committees. Uh, We do a lot of them for the area. And we have decided to ask our committees to chat via email um, and Zoom and look over the student applications and pick their top selection, top four or five from those applications. And then we'll host Zoom meetings with the candidates. Um, Broadband and Internet is definitely an issue in our rural County, um, which has been a bit of a challenge. We did host our very first successful Zoom student interview yesterday, and we got some 80-year-old committee members hooked into Zoom and seeing the students, so that was a success for us. Um, It went pretty well. I think internet connectivity is going to be our biggest challenge, but the committee felt that Zoom was incredibly helpful for seeing the students' faces and getting to know their personalities off paper. Um, So we're going to encourage paper picks where we can, but also provide those um, Zoom platforms for our committees as well. That is
1: fantastic. So okay, I have so many questions for you, Allison, um, (laughs) but I don't want to take up all of our time. But um, so when you were setting up those interviews, so student interviews. Um, I'm guessing there was kind of an education piece with your committee members helping them get onto Zoom. What about your students? Were they uh, able
2: to access the platform okay? Yes, so we sent them kind of like a, a pretty basic little tutorial email saying please make sure you download Zoom here. Um, the biggest problem we saw that was everybody who downloaded the Zoom platform either on their phone or their tablet. The students struggled having their audio ready to go and pre-tested making sure their audio was working. So we'll probably build something into our tutorial about that. One of the students did it outside because they didn't have a quiet space inside and the audio was very challenging with wind blowing. Um, But I think all in all, Mm. the students successfully were able to navigate it. We built in a few extra minutes at the beginning of each session so that we could help guide the students if there were technical issues. And I also, was texting the students we felt like that might be a very easy way to communicate with them. Um, We were texting them if they were struggling instructions and that seemed to help. So that's
1: fantastic so you took a couple what I'm hearing is a couple of kind of precautions early on building in the extra time and making sure that you had an alternate way to get a hold of the student that was not um, just reliant on that Zoom platform just in case there was trouble. Yeah. Those are really great tips and takeaways. Um, I want to um, get somebody else in here to speak for a second and kind of voice their um, thoughts, but we might come back to you later, Allison, if we want some more information on that committee um, that bring those committees together and kind of how you're working that. So, let's okay. go ahead and go to Thank our you. next person. Thank you, Allison.
3: Hi, Betty Stammerjohn with the Community Foundation of Greene County in Pennsylvania, southwestern corner rural area. Um, to I really appreciated hearing from Allison. Uh, we had extended our deadline, which is next from yes from last week to next week. Um, but mm-hmm. we decide we only had one inter, one scholarship where we interviewed uh, specifically. And we canceled the interviews. <laughs> so um, there yeah. were just a number of people who felt that that was an area. And But it was kind of interesting hearing Allison. part of our issue, again, is like what she said, you know, struggling with uh, broadband, you know, internet
1: mm-hmm. connections
3: for, for some of those areas where the students live. Um, somehow most of the schools are getting through it. So maybe it would have worked out, but um for this year, we just decided. So I don't know how this is going to work. You know, doing the doing this particular scholarship without the interviews, but um, most of the inf- information, you know, we ask them for some of that on the application anyway. So that's that's, that's a struggle it's a struggle.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think it it does hit those rural areas a little bit harder. I myself am on a bit of a shaky internet connection most of the time, and um, yeah, Zoom can be a, a little difficult in those cases. The one just suggestion from me as someone who's on Zoom a lot is if you if they're having trouble with internet connection, if everybody stops sharing their, um, their faces, stop sharing their camera image, you can still have a really good conversation. So it's sometimes it can be nice to kind of start with those cameras being shared and then have everybody turn them off. It's one more instruction piece to get through. But if the internet is the issue, um, that can help quite a bit. Let's see, do we have anybody else um, wanting to talk about this? Good morning. Um, I'm
4: Carolyn Siegfried Executive Director with the Pedrosi Foundation in Livermore, California. So we're a suburban area about 45 miles east of San Francisco. And we do not do interviews um, and we have transitioned to a scoring or selection. However, we have a very long meeting to make the final decisions, even though it's scoring, move to a scoring selection, you know, you have obvious um, applicants that score at the top and applicants that score at the bottom, but we still have a lot of um, discussion that happens around in that broader middle group. So it's, you know, your typical bell-shaped curve. And that meeting yeah. is typically a, you know, five and a half hour meeting with a break for lunch. I don't see us doing that long of a meeting on Zoom. So I'm really um, looking for ideas, or if anybody who has gone through that process in those selection meetings, what's the maximum, I guess that's my first question, you know, for effectiveness, what's the maximum length that a Zoom meeting should be?
1: Yeah, I, I would love to hear some, some comments and, and suggestions from our other Scholarship members, if you want to, uh, you know, raise your hand or maybe chat into that Zoom chat webinar, let us know you have an answer, I'm sorry, the Zoom chat to let us know that you have an answer to this particular question and then raise your hand so we can identify you. Um, I will say, Carolyn, from a a training standpoint that Foundant uses, we try to not have um, meetings last longer than two hours. You just get a lot of meeting fatigue people can't really focus much after a two-hour web meeting and you know if possible we keep it lower uh, shorter than that Um, but two hours is kind of our max so that's you know one bit that i can contribute in there Um, do we have anybody who is also making preparations for this kind of longer discussion um, right now
5: hi i'm with the battle creek community foundation in michigan and we're going to have the same issues, I think, as Carolyn. We've got um, several, in, what we refer to as internal scholarship committees, with a lot of volunteers, and they review anywhere from five to 40 different scholarships that they're making selections for. And that's my big concern, is to have these, you know, a couple of them meet all day long when they're in person is a good way to keep these folks moving, <laughs> you know, and speed it up mm-hmm. a bit. I, I don't know. I'm... I'm a little anxious about all this coming up, because we're going to do it Zoom through Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I'm open to mm-hmm. suggestions.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that I have heard about, uh, again on this front, is really utilizing comments and um, the written comments, if you have those in your evaluation forms, um, getting those out in advance so people can read through and digest. Uh, The written comments and kind of understand where everybody's at on on particular students. It does that strategy does not work for everyone and it doesn't work in every situation, but really utilizing what's been written to uh, give people something to digest in advance. Um, Yeah, and there's Definitely been more talk about this. Uh, I've got a I'm Curious to know if anybody from uh, the Fox River Valley is on the line. We've been doing a lot of work with them around this topic over the last week. Um, so, whether we, uh, if they're online, would like to talk a little bit about it, that would be great. And then, if not, you know, we might be able to do a bit of a write up and get this into Compass so that you all can uh, kind of learn a little bit there about what we came up with. Uh, Any other hands raised right now?
5: We are a healthcare foundation. We support a a fairly large um, healthcare system in central Wisconsin. We cover 19 counties. So to, um, as you can probably imagine, um, our work has not been focused on scholarships recently. Um, It's been focused on a lot of other things. Um, Mm -hmm. Uniquely, our scholarships are primarily nursing scholarships and my committee is primarily people that are currently on the front lines. Um, the last thing they're thinking about is their committee work for reviewing scholarships. My scholarship applications are due um, May 20th right now. I am thinking I'm going to push that back um, to try to see if we can't um, not only allow those of our our applicants are also on the front lines right now. It's a lot of CNAs within our system um, that mm-hmm. Don't have time. So I'm going to push back my application uh, deadline to give everyone enough time to do their applications and do their letters of recommendation and my committee more time to not have to worry about this. But we've always been structured as uh, we don't meet as a selection committee. We've always been based on scoring um, and their comments. Each application is reviewed by three of my, my committee members which usually gives us a good enough score um, along with their comments that we don't even have to meet virtually. Um, I take the scores out, see who scored the highest and um, who, who you know qualified for each of our scholarships. And based off of that, we've always been able to award based off of the score and not, off of, not needing to have our committee meet in any way, shape or form. Um, so I feel confident in that, and especially this year, being a really nice way for everyone to still get their scholarships and um, not putting any extra burden or anything on that. So I'd be happy to share whatever I can share from our founding you know, scoring template to the job description that I send out to my committee members, all those things. If that's helpful, I'm happy to share those
1: things. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of folks here on the line who would love to see um, those pieces that you have kind of in place already. Uh, Hi, this is Jean Peel. I'm from the
6: Community Foundation of San Juan Island, and we're up in a rural remote island off the northwest coast of Washington State. And I was just um, raising my hand to answer that question. I've used Skype for video chats, and it seems to work just as well as Zoom as far as bandwidth and ability to use the program. Um, and that's actually free. And I, as far as I know, there's an unlimited amount of time that you can meet for.
1: That's fantastic. Yep, I know those time limits have been getting people. I think the free version of Zoom has a 40-minute time um, limit. So knowing that Skype is unlimited, Jean, that's you know, a great thing for us to know. Thank you for that. Um, Have your um, has it been fairly user-friendly for non-students so for uh, Committee members others that are have been using it or have you been using it mostly with staff? So I've actually
6: been using it um, With students and what I do is uh, not actually for scholarship interviews So our deadline is not until May 5th So we haven't actually started scholarship interviews, but I've been using it for other conversations and I've been able to send a link. So when I start a chat as a host, I can send a link to somebody's email or to their uh, Skype app. If they have the app open, they'll get a notification and they can join the call. Um, As far as our committee members, we've actually been using Zoom. The Community Foundation has a paid Zoom account. So we've actually had successful scholarship committee meetings so far on Zoom, but not yet with students. So we haven't decided yet. What we're going to use with uh with the scholarship interviews
1: great great so gene i feel like you kind of buried the lead there can you tell us a little bit about how your um your virtual committee meetings are going what preparations Uh, you make to let those be successful
6: they're actually going great we have um we've had some board meetings as well as we're hosting this is not actually a scholarship um, meeting but we're hosting weekly nonprofit calls with uh, nonprofits in our town and everybody has had really good success joining those zoom meetings we send out the link just like you all have done for this meeting um, and we've had attendees of all ages some of our scholarship committee members are you know 70 and 80 plus years old and we've had great success getting them onto board meetings so far so we're hoping that will translate to our scholarship committee meetings.
1: That's great. Now, is there anything you do differently um, as far as running the meeting between when you have everybody there in person or when you're doing an online hosted version? So maybe like for your board meeting, let's say, for example.
6: Um, I don't think we do anything different. We have a chair, somebody designated as the chair or moderator for each meeting, and that kind of helps we still get the awkward moments when everybody's trying to talk, but I think having one dedicated person is a good way to do it.
1: I think that's great. Yeah, the moderator can be really important on those meetings because it is much more difficult to know who's trying to talk at any given time. Um, Great, and then has your agenda changed at all? Do you send those out? Um, I, I would guess that for your board meetings, you were sending those out electronically already prior to the meeting. Um, any changes in what that looks like?
6: Uh, no, we actually send, we had been prior prior to this, we had been sending out agendas uh, to all in-person meetings as well. So we do the same thing. We send out agendas and then a link to the Zoom meeting instead of a uh, physical location.
1: That's great. That's great. And I think that might be one. Uh, difference between how we run board meetings and how we run committee meetings is we don't always have that formalized agenda for our uh, scholarship committee selection meetings. Uh, So if that's not something that you normally do, that type of structure can be really helpful as you're moving towards an online meeting for your committee. Um, Great. Thank you so much for that, Jean. I appreciate your, uh, your input. I'm Carol Sloper with Greater Northwest
7: Kansas Community Foundation, and we actually did not adjust our deadlines. We talked it over. We we uh, actually have uh, sixteen scholarships that we are um, we have in play right now. We talked with the review committees, and since the students are able to work from home, you know they're doing schooling from home. They felt like the students still had ample time to apply. The, the real impact is gonna be when the schools normally have awards handed out at graduation. And in Kansas, all of our schools were closed very early on. So they won't be having graduation in a building. So it's actually a kind of a speeded up process for us rather than slowed down. All of our grant review committees, um, each one has their own review committee. They, we help them all set up either Zoom or audio only to have their meetings every all the applications are online so they can be evaluated online so we've had very little impact with the um, scholarship process really
1: all right that is great to know thank you carol Um, I think it's so neat that you're able to speed up that deadline. I'm not seeing that uh, be a common occurrence. So that's fantastic. I'm sure those students are really going to appreciate uh, getting those award notifications a little bit early. I think they could all use some good news right now. Do we have any other um, comments or hands raised right now?
8: I'm uh, with the San Antonio area foundation and me and my colleagues are listening in today and Ferguson and I believe Brandy is also on there. Um, We had actually changed our deadline even before all this started. So at the end last quarter of last year, we had moved our deadline up about a month And the reason for that was that we were trying to get notifications out to students earlier because we get a lot of phone calls from students asking about their checks in the summer. And so we were trying Mm -hmm. to be proactive by uh, by moving the deadline. So by the time that we started working remotely, which was about March um, 14th or so, um, we had already passed the deadline for most of our scholarships, except for a couple of them. Um, and we, what we did was we did extend the deadline, but only for those that already had an application in draft. We use Foundant for our, our applications. And so if they had a draft application, we closed out the application for everybody else, but those that were in draft, we gave them an extra week to still submit their application, get their transcript. We worked with them, with the students to, um, if they needed assistance for us to contact schools, so schools could send transcripts directly to us. Um, we were happy to do that. Um, we closed out that that particular process still with like 200 applications. So I, we thought it worked fairly well. The one thing that yeah. we did have issues with was that it did require a letter of recommendation. And of course, with students out of school, we just let that go. We did not create extra barriers for them and we let the letter of recommendation go. And so they did not have to submit that for a few of our processes, maybe like two, three or so of their processes. Um, We we did not require that. Um, But all of our scoring is also done online with the Foundant software. And so we, most of our processes, we just go by the score so we don't have interviews. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
8: But there are a couple of scholarships that do look where we complete the first, first couple of evaluations, the first evaluation and then send scores to a different committee that um, mm-hmm. maybe wants to just take a look at the scores and the other information in the application and then make final decisions. But um, we actually did not, do not have interview process and mainly use our scoring rubric to make those determinations.
1: Okay, so that secondary committee that's reviewing those scholarships, um, do they customarily meet and discuss, or are they reviewing those online and just kind of send comments back to you um, about those students, or are they actually connecting and selecting themselves?
8: So one of the committees, um, actually a couple of the committees, do meet. They they do meet and and have conversations about the students, but this year I believe they met by Zoom and and had conversations that way. Um, so it was you know it, they did have to change how they usually make those decisions, but I, I didn't hear that it was. Um, you know, any more cumbersome or difficult or anything for them to come come to their final decisions.
1: That is great. And I, I think that really echoes something that we heard right at the very beginning from Allison um, at Mendocino Community Foundation, which was that their, when their committees needed to meet, like their committees just handled it it wasn't Mm -hmm. it didn't need to be an extra piece that the community foundation owned Um, getting them together and providing and running that meeting you just kind of let the committee figure that out and a lot of times that's easier for them um, in many ways because they are already familiar with each other they have access to tools as well you know uh, foundations and corporations aren't the only ones with access to these um, conference call lines and things like that anymore, mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. thankfully those are pretty uh, wide open, so yeah, I think that that is a kind of a great takeaway for us today, that if your committee already handles getting themselves together and making that decision, let them continue to handle that, don't bring that uh, internally as one more thing for you to manage right now.
8: Yes, I definitely agree with that because while Anne usually provides, you know, um, access to the application, um, the scoring Excel sheet, you know, of of how all the students scored, um, we do not normally gather this group together. And so they took it upon themselves to... You know, figure that out. They didn't seek us for assistance. They didn't ask us how they could do this. Um, So they handled that themselves. And we did not have to be part of that. So that was great.
1: That's fantastic. I love that. Great. Well, thank you so much, Bernice, and that was really good confirmation um, to hear that now from two of our our speakers today, that that this is a good, uh, something that they're saying and something that their committees can definitely handle. So that's fantastic. Do we have any other um, speakers? If not, I I know we have a question out there.
2: Hi. um, So thank you, Bernice, and Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the extension we're offering our scholarship students. Um, We didn't extend the deadline at all for them, but what we did is um, just because in our internal process we weren't able to provide that sort of extra time, but we did extend out a month uh, the requirements to get their letters of recommendation to us because of the challenge of getting people together and getting letters. we also worked with several schools around the county to provide written applications, which we use Foundant's um, SLM regularly, or, well, this is our first year, but everything came in online. But we prepared some paper applications because in our county um, teachers were sending packets home with seniors. And so we allowed them to mail in things. Um, they can either mail us their extended letters of recommendation or they can email them over to us if they are able um, and that seems to have worked pretty well for those handful of students that are just kind of out in the boonies and don't have internet at home um, and yeah. so, yeah but we, we tried to um, extend where we could although we wanted to start processing those applications because we really needed to get it going um, but that, that worked well for us.
1: That's fantastic. And a way to be um, flexible in br- with the goal of breaking down those barriers for students. Um, you know, this is a, a time that, you know, access is going to affect the students that we have in our pools. You know, access to internet, access to um, technology, And, um, you know, we might see some not quite as well written essays because they were all typed out on a phone. Um, There's going to be some differences that we see based on, you know, students' resources. And I think scholarships are all about finding that great student with that amazing potential despite where their resource level is. And so I just want to commend you and all of you. I know you all are making such great um, strides in this and are just being so aware of what students have access to. So uh, yeah, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you for taking that burden on yourself to make things a little bit easier for these students and, and help them overcome those barriers. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap up for the day. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate um, just how helpful you are to your peers and the great work that you're doing. So from all of us at Found It, thank you so much. And we will see you again at our next Coffee Talk.
0: So that was our conversation. There were so many ideas and so many new ideas because this is a new situation. We're gonna keep bringing you conversations like this following the Coffee Talks that we host online. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can look for announcements on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by following and Technologies. And we wanna hear from you. Unlike a lot of podcasts out there, you can participate yourself by registering for one of our Coffee Talk webinars. You can register for a webinar or access additional resources by clicking on the links in the episode notes. So from everyone at Founded Technologies, thanks for listening. We hope you found it helpful, and we can't wait to connect with you again on our next Coffee Talk.